Hey, good afternoon, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry coming to you with another clubhouse, another repeat guest, one of the guys that I just enjoyed talking to before. So Cubs fan, and we're going to talk some Cubs baseball. So Tony, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm living the dream, having a great blast, and uh, just enjoying all this uh, made-for-TV stuff that we're watching, watching the Cubs and watching all those homers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Made-for-TV, yeah. right? Enjoy it now. It's it. You know, unfortunately, the major exactly you, you get over. to see Goldschmidt, you get to see um, Pujols. I'm I'm sure there's going to be an interleague game where we're going to have Miguel Cabrera come over, hit a couple of home runs off of us. It's all good. <laughs> Enjoy it now because it's going to end in October, right? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine who was who was giving me a hard time. He's a he's an Angels fan, and obviously I'm a Dodger fan. He was giving me a hard time, and I said, I said to him, he asked me a question about, hey, we should do such and such. I said. Let's do it in October, but let me look at my schedule. We're still going to be playing. You won't be. And he's like, oh, okay, low blow, low blow. Is that where it's at, huh? Sorry. Got to be honest. Anyways, so Tony and I are going to talk a little bit about the Cubs, their future, what he sees. Um, obviously, he's a diehard Cubs fan. So first question for you. Overall, how do the mm -hmm. Cubs look to you? Obviously, the record doesn't look awesome, but how do they look to you and do you see a strong finish or do you see a, a kind of ho-hum finish? Um, I see the, we're going to bring some Starbucks and we're going to bring a whole bunch of minor leaguers up and give them their cups of coffee and, and get everything up there. Um, the infield is young. Uh, the whole lineup is pretty young. There aren't that many people over 32. Um, so th there's, a, there's a whole bunch of up to look at here. Um, and if you look at what's coming up from the minor leagues, there's a whole bunch of up coming from there as well. Um, the thing that worries me is that we have six players with a war above two. And that's just yeah. shocking. I mean, how, how are you supposed to have any type of, you know, playoff if you're going to do anything like that? We're third in the central. We've had 60 players in our lineup this year. And if you look at the other two teams in our conference, uh, the Reds have 62. The Pirates have 62. That's three teams in our conference that all have, you know, it's 184 players there. And we'd have to go 27 and five in order to hit 500. So, you know, bring the minor leaguers up, give them a chance to play. And let's, let's have, let's see who we're going to bring back for March. And uh, we're just going to go from there, hopefully pick up maybe a pitcher or two in free agency. That'd be really nice. Yeah. And so that's my next question is what do you need to do in the off season to, I mean, what's your, what's your next move or what, what are you looking for? Well, I always have this to say, uh, a pitcher is going to affect every four to five games. A batter is only going to affect one out of nine at-bats in a game. So if you're going to spend money on something like that, you might as well spend money on a pitcher. Uh, you know, the minor leagues are going to be great for bringing up, uh, especially infielders and, and outfielders and stuff like that. But for the pitchers, you really need to bring in someone with a little bit more experience, maybe someone who has something they want to prove, give them a chance to, to try out for a year or two, and and that way they can prove themselves and and get that big bang for your buck with the pitchers. Yeah. It, you know, I, I tell people all the time, offense sells tickets, defense wins games. And exactly. your, your pitcher is, you know, and this is the argument with plenty of teams, your team, the angels, um, you know, the, the Yankees are seeing this right now and they're going on this losing streak. It's the pitching. It's not the hitting. They can still hit, but mm -hmm. they're just not getting the pitching done. And, and so the white Sox, same thing. I mean, the white, now, granted, the White Sox have a manager fall asleep in the dugout in the middle of the game. That's a that's an entirely different story. But <laughs> you, you got to get pitching in there. And, yeah. 
you know, a good rotation, you got to have two solid proven pitchers. And then you can have a bunch of guys up that are your beta testing or whatever. Look at the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2001. You had Randy yeah. Johnson, you had Kurt Schilling, right? Can you name another pitcher in that, that starting rotation? Probably yeah. not. But they had those two guys, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, if you, if you think of the great Yankees dynasties, um, you, you think of Whitey Ford, and then who do you think of as, as their second pitcher or their third pitcher? You know, the thing is, you, you got to build some type of lineup. I think of uh, the 48 Braves where they had Spawn and Sane and Pray for Rain as their 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 poem that they had. So you had Warren Spawn and, and Jim, John Sane. And then, you know, it's like, OK, fine, that's that's our rotation. Let's let's hope we have a rain out or a double header and we can do something else with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pitching is the key. And the thing is, if you can find two good pitchers and two pitchers that can hold their own, you've got a good rotation that'll help you through the, the season. And, you know, someone's going to have a hot game every once in a while. Someone's going to have a, a three for four showing out there and just really tear the cover off the ball and, and win the game for you that way. But the pitchers day in, day out are the ones that are going to, you know, keep the game in a situation where you can have a hitter that can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you've got a great catcher that can work with pitchers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you've got one of the best, and I always say they're psychologists back there because that's what they really got to be for pitchers, right? Exactly. I mean, Contreras is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you can yep. find players want to go to teams that they know are successful or are going to be on TV all the time. You mm -hmm. guys are a marquee franchise. The Yankees right. are a marquee franchise. The Dodgers are a marquee franchise. Um, and, and so you're going to get the Sunday night game of the week. You're going to get Wednesday night game of the week a couple of times, you know, plus you're going to be able to compete. So it's easy to get those pitchers there and other athletes that, you know, center fielder or whatever you need over there. Cause you're playing at Wrigley field. What's exactly. more historic. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the second oldest, um, second oldest field in baseball. It's, it's so much history behind it. So much history behind the franchise and you have a chance to have a fandom that is fanatical, just, drive themselves over you if you're if you're successful for them if you can help them make it to the playoffs then your name's going to be etched in stone it's that's just the way that the cubs fandom is yeah yeah and they'll also let you know when you have it um they're actually pretty forgiving they we call them the lovable cubs and and we love our cubs no matter how things turn out and let me tell you this year has not turned out great we still love our Cubs. We're not saying that we're going to let's fire this person or anything like that. No, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's depressing, but we make it work. Make it work. Exactly. Um, yeah. And besides that, if you can go to a Cubs game, if you get a loss, head on over to Portillo's, get yourself a nice sandwich and you're good to go. Right. Or chocolate that's cake one of the shake. nice things about being in the, you know, you know, as a compared to Los Angeles, where there really isn't a bar or something that's nearby where you can really, you know, have fun after the game. Uh, Wrigley Field is in a neighborhood. So you're going to be able to go to a neighborhood bar and, and have success that way. Um, same thing with Boston, same thing with some of the newer parks like Camden Yards. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's nice to be not just a team, but a part of the community. Exactly. All right. So speaking of addition, subtractions, um, what is, what are the Cubs? And this is a weird question to ask, but there's a Genesis behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, what do the Cubs need to stay away from in the off season? What would be bad no. moves? 
Yeah, I would say don't look for the big bat. Don't look for someone who's going to bring 30 home runs or, or something like that. That's not what you need. Uh, what you need is consistency across the team. Uh, if you look at the batting averages, you're, you're looking at a bunch of 240s and 250s. And that's the reason that the Cubs have had a, an off year. If everyone on that team raises their batting average 10 points, we're a much better team. We're cl much closer to a 500 team. If anyone, if they, we can all raise our average 15 points, then we're in contention for a wild card. So okay. the thing is, you don't need one player to turn everything around. And that's the thing is you think of free agent, you think of bringing the free agents like, no, you need to bring in a small team. Um, that's, that's really, I think the key. Don't look for one player to take it because if that person has a slump or if that person gets injured, um, you're out. No, that's that's an excellent thing because I, you bring up a good point because I'm sitting there thinking I'm thinking of all the shortstops that are available. For example, mm -hmm. um, this season you've got or this offseason you got Bogarts, you got Trey Turner, you got uh, Dansby Swanson. They're all going to demand high contracts. Um, right. You got outfielders like Aaron Judge and Jock Peterson. They're all going to demand high contracts. And you guys have had Jock before. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like you say, don't don't go out and build around. Don't go pay 500 million dollars for Aaron Judge because you're not gonna be able to build around him yeah and the thing is Nico Herner uh he was our he's our top war guy he has like a 2.8 war or something like that which isn't great but it's top for our team and you know he's hitting 281 this year and so he's one of our top guys already out there uh we get a strong infield around him uh you know we see uh, Suzuki is doing really well coming off as a rookie and um, I think that we have a chance to really uh, build up some nice stuff. We just need to start off strong in March and, and be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, that's when it starts too. It's um, there's never a time when mistakes outside of spring training, like I'm okay with physical mistakes. I'm not okay with the mental mistakes and mental mistakes shouldn't happen starting game one, because as you've seen before and the history will tell you, what was it? What year was it? It was early in the uh, in the wild card era, maybe 96, 97, 98, 99, someplace in there, where the Cincinnati Reds won 90 games and missed the mm -hmm. playoffs by one game. Yeah. You, you uh, it's got to start day one, right? And they, exactly. it drives me nuts when players just kind of, oh, um, I got 162 of these things. No, you don't. You don't yeah. want to miss the playoffs by a game. No, you don't. You definitely don't. And you don't want to have to, you don't want to have to leave it for a one card play or one game play in or anything like that. That's, that's heartbreaking to, to have that situation. Yep. Okay. So we kind of talked about what you don't go after, what maybe the free agency market looks like, what moves. So what do you think the Cubs look like next season? Are they contenders? Are they still rebuilding depending on, on who they get in the off season? I mean, what do they look like next season? So, so I'm looking at their uh, minor leaguers. You've got Matt Mervis, who's just been slugging the ball. Uh, you know, he's had, he had 14 homers for Tennessee, nine homers for Iowa. There's the, they're the 2A and 3A uh, franchises, respectively. He's been hitting 313 this year. Just, and the thing is, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see him in the next couple of weeks. He's going to come up for his cup of coffee. He's going to come for spring training, and he may end up taking that first base position. Uh, that may happen. Um, you look at Jake Slaughter, uh, he's been hitting 308 for double eight, 17 homers, 24 stolen bases. If he can be a 2020 guy for us, that would be amazing. Um, Levi Jordan, uh, Tennessee, he's hitting 353 for this year. 
uh, just outstanding minor leaguers that we can bring in. We've got uh, some of the pitchers. If you look at who we brought in the past week, uh, Assad, Padilla, Little, Estrada, we've had some, we've had been those pitchers that chance to come in. And I think if we bring in one or two uh, free agent pitchers, maybe one other free agent uh, outfielder or something like that, I think that we got a good chance of at least going 500, if not going for a wild card spot. I like that. I like that. I like that because it's good for, and I say this all the time, it's good for baseball when certain teams are are good, right? Mm -hmm. And the Cubs yeah. are one of them, right? When you have a marquee franchise, it's good for baseball. I mean, how many times have you and I seen the Sunday night game of the week and it's the Yankees-Red Sox, right? Yeah. Uh, it's good for baseball when the Cubs are, are viable and they're making that push. Right. So, and especially the thing is, if, if if you see if you see Cubs versus Cincinnati in June or July, then, OK, that's great. If it's September and they're playing for the wild card or they're playing for the central, it's that's must watch TV. Yeah, no, I agree. And now that it's I joke with people about this, but now that 28 out of 30 teams make the playoffs, um, mm -hmm. it's going to be I, I want to know. You tell me, Tony, I want to know what it's going to be like when the Cubs make the playoffs and they go deep into the playoffs with these three wild card spots instead of two now and the extra mm -hmm. series added, I want to know what's going to be like in late October, early November to have a world series game in Chicago. I can't imagine it's going to be too warm. <laughs> oh, that, that's your ultimate home field advantage. Look at what the bears do. I mean, look at what uh, green Bay does. I mean, that's what you're going to see with Milwaukee or Chicago having those uh, late October, early November games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you have a, you have a World Series like a Cleveland versus Chicago where both people mm -hmm. are used to the cold. There ain't no home field advantage there. It's, it's Yeah, exactly. Be, there's no, but, well, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a home field advantage just because of how raucous the stadiums are. They're both very intimate venues and yeah. uh, very passionate fandom. So that's your home field advantage always. We keep adding, as much as I love October baseball, we keep adding series and, and things like that. And, you know, some of these teams, we're going to end up watching the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day and Game uh, Game 7 of the World Series at the same time. <laughs> well, there is a reason that we call Derek Jeter Mr. November. So, I mean, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> that's probably, there's probably a lot of truth to that. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, uh, final question. And this is one of those ones that you and I kind of talked offline about. Um, and we're going to, don't worry, Top Fan Rivalry followers, we're going to take this up with a number of individuals combined. So, if we don't touch it as much as you want us to, don't worry, Tony and I got you covered. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame voting for a second. And mm -hmm. predominantly veterans committees, what do you do with guys that, that you know, maybe have been snubbed? Um, obviously, Gil Hodges got in this year. What do you do with those great guys of the 70s and 80s, the, the guys that didn't get in on the votes, but... I mean, do you, do you look at a guy like a Mattingly? Do you look at a guy like a Murphy or a Garvey? Um, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I, I worry that uh, the Giants are going to uh, to uh, bring back uh, Barry Bonds. And that way, <laughs> you know, he's going to hit a couple more home runs off us and also restart his uh, Hall of Fame timer. So he'll get an additional 15 years. Um <laughs> But the thing is, I mean, you you have to compare these, and I, I think the voters are going to scrape as much as they can out of these untainted players before they want to touch the players that have that PED taint to them. And we were talking about Tati a little bit earlier, but uh, uh, 
Tati has that taint to him now. And the thing is, he never had any touches on him before. He'd been clean before and they'd been testing before. Uh, he just had this one instance where he was basically in the minors, basically playing catch up and he got hit and he deserved to get hit. Uh, time will tell whether or not he can uh, go past it. But definitely you need to look at these, uh, these uh, vintage players, these 60s, 70s and 80s players, because there's a lot of them who, uh, for example, uh, Fred McGriff, if you compare him and Eddie Murray, uh, they, we're talking identical batting average, identical OPS, pretty much the same war, same number of, uh, same length of career. The difference is Eddie Murray has a team that claims them and loves him. Fred McGriff played for six teams. Question is, what hat is he going to wear? Same thing as if you look at, for example, Tommy John. Tommy John played for, what, seven teams, eight teams? But his record is almost identical to Jim Cott. And so if you think Jim Cott is a Hall of Famer, then you think Tommy John is a Hall of Famer because he has five more wins and five less losses. Yeah. Has the exact same ERA, uh, strikeouts per wins, and the same length of the career because they both had 25-year careers. So the thing is, you're going to be looking at a lot of comparisons. You're going to be looking at a lot of people who don't want to touch people with the PED taint. And so, yeah, these 70s and 80s stars are going to be really nice. You're going to see a lot of good comparisons. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I agree with you. One of the ones that we've talked about a lot on and offline, and, and it's kind of a touchy one because, out here in California, a lot of people will say, gee, uh, Buster Posey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Okay, And there could be some argument for that. I mean, he was a great, uh, you know, catcher. Right. Um, you know, he played well. But if you look at and compare his numbers to Thurman Munson, Thurman Munson played one less season. Now, obviously, Buster Posey was out first season, you know, injured. But Thurman Munson played one less season than him. And they have relatively identical numbers if you look them up right. and so you got it i mean and thurman munson was the captain of the yankees back in the 70s exactly when being captain of the yankees in the 70s was a big deal because he had to deal with reggie jackson and lou Pinella and all the big personalities mm -hmm. right and so um yeah i just gosh it it you you're the comparisons you you bring up such a good point because they compare there's a hundred guys out there like you say tommy john is one of them that's that sits out there there's there's a number of catchers there's fred mcgriff i didn't think about fred mcgriff I mean, those are what other names have you thought about that that belong on that veterans committee that that could potentially be in the hall well um lou whitaker is another one because you have alan yeah. trammell in there and you have eddie murray and you have all of those great early 80s tigers and the fact that lou whitaker isn't in there is kind of shocking um, I actually compare Thurman Munson and Don Mattingly both to Ryan Sandberg in his prime, the 12 years from 82 to 94. And he, they compare very favorably with him. And if you add Mattingly, the fact that he played his 14 years, but now he's also managing, now he's also taking teams to the playoffs. He's still building on his resume as we speak. Um, Keith Hernandez is another one, a uh, long career, a uh, really, you know, dependable hitter, uh, 60 war, um, 11 gold gloves. How do you go against someone like that? He's got good stuff. Um, Dwight Evans is another one that I Oh my gosh, Dewey. Yeah, Dewey. Type. Yeah. What about Fred Lynn? Uh, Fred Lynn uh, definitely is someone to consider. Uh, there's, there's a lot of them to consider. Um, there's a lot. 
we have these arbitrary numbers. No one's going to win 300 games anymore. You're not going to see a 300 game winner. You're not going to see a guy pitch 3,000 strikeouts. Uh, the things that we had that were that we said these are our landmarks that you have to pass in order to get. You're not going to see players hit those numbers anymore. So then the question is, okay, now we need to reevaluate and say, okay, if we're not expecting that from people now, let's take a look at those people who had maybe a 15-year career or a 13-year career and evaluate them on what they did in their prime. Yeah. The And what's interesting is I have kind of a skewed vision on this, and, and you can agree with me or disagree. I'd, I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not linked to something banned from baseball, i.e. PEDs or anything, right? Right. I think there should be some automatics because of what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to see guys get 300, uh, uh, 300 wins anymore. I think if a pitcher gets to 300 wins, automatic Hall of Fame. You right. get to 500 home runs, automatic Hall of Fame. Yeah. You get to 3,000 hits, automatic Hall of Fame. Because mm-hmm. we're probably not going to see that because guys – I mean, one of the best players on the planet is Mike Trout. And we now know, you know, he's got these back issues. If he doesn't have these back issues, he had a shot for 3,500 home runs and 3,000 hits. But we may not see it, right? And Bryce Harper is starting to show age. If you think about someone like uh, Ken Griffey Jr., who showed so so much promise during his first five to six years as a Uh player, and then injuries really cut him down to where you know he could have been this guy that was hitting 600 home runs without the taint uh, that some of these other players are doing. He could have been one of these really mighty people. He's still in the Hall of Fame, but his numbers were offset by those injuries. And we have to, you know, we live in a wonderful era of sports medicine, but people are planning on living 60 years after baseball. And they, they consider that when they're planning out what they're going to do with their career. So maybe they'll retire at 35 instead of retiring at 42, like a lot of people would in the, in the seventies and eighties. Yep. So the, um, exactly. And, and guys, even if they're not linked to, and I'll give you an example here in a second. And I know people are going to hate me for this, but um, even if they're not linked to PEDs or anything like that, you got to look at a guy like an Albert Bell who was just not the right temperament for the game. I mean, he was ultra competitive. I mean, how many Mm -hmm. times do we see that Fernando Vina play at second base with that ground ball where he lowers his shoulder? And I mean, guys like that. Great. Even if you have the numbers, I don't know that you epitomize what, what the hall of fame is. Right. Uh, Kurt Schilling is another example like that. A lot of people look more at his, uh, behavior after retiring and judge judge him on that but keep in mind that we voted nolan ryan in and he literally grabbed robin ventura and pummeled him in the face like six or seven times and we were okay with that he stayed in game yeah (laughs) so i mean it's it's the thing is there there is something to be said about personal integrity yeah and of course, you could go off on rows and, and talk about that, and I'm not going to get there now. But um, sure. the Hall of Fame is for baseball, and we need to talk about what they did on the field, as long as what they did off the field doesn't offset it too much. Right. Um, that being said, time is always a big forgiving thing. 
we see stuff that happened and we tend, we want to forgive people. Yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, it is tough. I, there's a bunch of seventies and eighties guys and sixties guys that deserve it. And you nailed it perfectly by saying, as long as that you said it perfectly, as long as they, you know, what they did off the field didn't offset too bad what they did on the field. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we're going to have another episode sometime and we'll, we'll talk Pete Rose. So we don't need to talk that, but yeah. um, Kurt Schilling, obviously off the field issues, um, you know, where people are judging that, but that had nothing to do with what he did on yeah. now. Kurt Schilling was also that guy that if you crowded the plate, you know, a little, you got a little chin music, but that was that era. That's right? that era. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're going to get, you're going to, the pitcher owns the mound and the pitcher owns the space in front of the, of the, of the, plate and you need to be respectful of that yeah exactly i mean you got you got guys like lance Parrish who were great mm-hmm. catchers in their own right with detroit but they weren't afraid to to brush you a little bit if they needed to if you were crowding the plate right mm-hmm. you got guys like wally joiner that were a great ambassador for the game and had a great first two seasons with the angels but mm-hmm. nobody talks about him i mean it no. it's it's sad but there's a lot there's a lot of players out there I'm still surprised that Dave Parker isn't in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, some of that could have to do with the, you know, we are family pirates and what they were doing in the clubhouse besides what they were doing on the field. Right. But that's. Well, I'm a yeah. San Antonio guy. And so I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge San Antonio Spur fan as well. Um, and the San Antonio Spurs have that same mentality. Everyone thinks, oh, pop this and, and Tim Duncan, that is like, you know what, it was a team thing. And some people are questioning whether Manu Ginobili should make the Hall of Fame or whether uh, Tony Parker should make the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it's it was a team event and the, their numbers suffered because of the game the Spurs played. Right. And that's and that's tough. Right. And when it comes to the Hall of Fame, there, there's two Hall of Fames in my book. There's a Hall of Fame and then a, a Hall of Very Good. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys now. But like you said earlier, we can't judge a guy based on his numbers then to what it is now. We can't say, oh, gee, Clayton Kershaw doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame because he retired with 192 wins. Yeah. You know, tell me a more dominant pitcher outside of maybe Justin Verlander in the last 10 years. Exactly. That isn't more deserving of it. Right. Well, the thing is, I, I think back of how 21 seasons were routine and you would routinely have three or four or seven or 10 pitchers having 21 seasons. And now you might have one or two, but it's not that not that big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm also the guy, too, that that wishes that Teal Albert would play another three or four years just to <laughs> play up to 45 or whatever to break, you know, Bonds his record, because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have my own personal feelings about that. But. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously obvious that T.O. Albert is on burritos and tacos. That's his PEDs, right? You know, because his what? waistline has, has gotten a little bit east to west over the years, right? So get your carb loading and your protein and, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's just so much, you know, when it comes to the Hall of Fame and it's it almost seems a little political, too. Right. And it seems um, did did you watch the. uh did you watch the Hall of Fame induction ceremony this year? I did not have a chance to, no. Okay. But but I, I get the political. I mean, that's that's kind of why I brought up Tommy John and Fred McGriff, because you don't have a team to champion. Yeah. Uh, 
someone like that because they played for six, seven or 10 franchises. Uh, you know, I, I think there's this joke that I have with a friend that Gaylord Perry played with every team in MLB at one point or another. That's half true. So did the Negro brothers. Exactly. <laughs> so, so did the Negro brothers. When you turned around, you're like, wait, I thought he was, oh, oh I guess mm-hmm. he's on Houston now. Oh, yeah. I he was on the Rangers. What, what just happened? Um, the uh, go back and watch Big Poppy's <clears throat> speech. Mm-hmm. It was a great speech. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It was a great speech. But there were some of the guys that played in different generations that I don't think appreciated Poppy's personality and some that did right mm-hmm. some that some that did but I, I won't mention names on here because we're you know we're recording but there are some that just kind of had this look like this isn't my style of baseball <laughs> so you know what baseball belongs to the fans yep and the fans are going to pay for what they want to see yep and we have to take it on that really yep exactly exactly so well, Tony, you've been an excellent guest, and I'm going to get you back on again. I, I love this. I Do you enjoy these? Definitely. Always appreciate it. Yeah. So this is – this. I'm, thank you. I, this is Tony. We're going to have this uh, drop this week, and I will tag him. Make sure that you follow him. He's got a lot of good stuff on his Instagram. If you're not following him, please, by all uh, means, make sure that you do. Um, and then also, top fans, don't forget to go to locals.com and sign up at locals.com for free and follow top fan rivalry. There's going to be a lot of exclusive content that's going to go back there, including an around the diamond with both Sam and I um, talking through it. So Tony, again, stay on for a second, but thank you for being on tonight. And I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Anytime.